insurgent. Believe it. The resistance is here. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. News Talk 580 CFRA. Coming up tomorrow at the Canadian War Museum is the Ottawa Whiskey Festival. It's Whiskey Ottawa. Now, you know, if you listen to the show, that I happen to be a fan of the water of life. That's what whiskey means, by the way. It comes from the Gaelic Iskibaha, water of life. Tomorrow at the Canadian War Museum, they've got the Whiskey Festival on, and they've got all kinds. They've got scotch. They've got Canadian and you've heard me talk about Canadian whiskey often with Davin de Corgamo, whose book is out now, Canadian Whiskey, the Portable Expert. Well, I was able to meet up with someone else who is also incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to whiskey. And that is Matt Jones. He is a brand ambassador for Beam Suntory, one of the largest distillers in the world. They are the owners of Jim Beam, Canadian Club, and a whole pile of other brands that you know. We met up at the liquor store at Rito in King Edward, where he was hold, uh, hosting a class for employees of the liquor store and just had a good chat about what's out there and what you'll see, what you'll get if you're able to go out tomorrow. And if you can't, it's still worth the listen. We know bourbon has a lot of different flavors and it's a lot cheaper, but is it as complex as scotch? Can you, you know, pull out as many notes as the, the my scotch snob friends like to say? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, folks have seen past the typical stereotypes of bourbon over the last uh, 30 years and seeing a much more sophisticated sipping experience in their glasses. And that's because we're, again, dropping down the, uh, the stereotypes, getting more approachable. But bourbon is a little bit more intense than its scotch or Irish and Canadian cousins. And that's an intensity we can only get from the mingling of the uh, brand new oak containers tart on the inside that we can only use one time so it's uh, we're getting a lot of flavor from the barrel in fact 65 to 75 percent of uh, a bourbon's flavor and arguably whiskey in general is coming from that wood and for bourbon 100 percent of the color is also coming from the wood so we're getting a lot of complexity from the grains as well as the uh, the wonderful wood spice but bourbon because it is a little bit more intense uh than other styles of whiskey it's definitely encouraged when you're uh, evaluating a whiskey for the first time add a few drops of water into it it's how much drops at a time. I mean, it's much easier to add water to whiskey than take it away, right? You can really hit that precipice where you get too much water, then you just add more whiskey <laughs> at the end of the day. But uh, drops to taste, uh, the most ideal ABV to really evaluate a whiskey is 35%, and you can't be whiskey unless you're 40% alcohol. That's so that alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume, yeah. Uh, Richard Patterson, the nose from the Delwini and White Mackay, uh, the nose for a reason. He's been a master blender for almost 52 years. He talks about how he evaluates all whiskeys at that ABV. But again, you can't be called whiskey unless you're 40%. So that tells you all whiskey benefits from the water. Once you know what it tastes like, you don't have to add water to it. Uh, Ice, on the other hand, is purely for refreshment. It doesn't really enhance the flavor. It actually numbs down the flavor but makes it more refreshing. So ice in the summertime is ideal, not so much in the wintertime. Yeah, well, it's uh, people always ask me how how I like my whiskey. Generally, it's just neat. Maybe I'll throw some water in it. But uh, summertime, you're right. Okay, it's a bit hot out. You need the ice. Get that Kentucky sweet tea. That's what we like to call it on the, on the rocks. And it kind of passes for iced tea when no one's looking as well, so you can get away with that. But. All right, so what do we have here that, uh, you know, you're representing Jim Beam. It is the uh, biggest selling bourbon 
in the world, isn't it? Number one, yep. Number one best-selling bourbon uh, since uh, Prohibition. Uh, James Beauregard Beam, who got his name on the bottle, his nickname was Jim for short, um, he helped bring back the tradition after Prohibition, and very quickly, Jim Beam really started to take over around the world, and has been the number one best-selling bourbon ever since. And then we actually uh, innovated the premium category of small batch. Jim Beam's grandson, Booker No, he created Booker's, Baker's, which is down the shelf over here, um, Basil Hayden up here, which is your wonderful lightest entry into the premium category. It is and a fantastic bourbon. It's whiskey. It's got a high rye content, but it's only 40% alcohol. I say only. That is kind of low for a bourbon, but it's cold chill filtered 40%. I kind of refer to it as my breakfast bourbon, <laughs> but it is a very full flavored, delicious bourbon that doesn't have a huge bite on the, on the back. Whereas Knob Creek, the polar opposite, um, that is... Uh, 100 proof, 50% alcohol. It's the Jim Beam recipe, but all the batches come from the center cut in the warehouse where the temperature is the most moderate, but it's got uh, around 8 to 10 years in that wood, and it really extracts a lot of flavor. So these two are really polar opposites in the category. Knob Creek is one of those ones that's kind of a woolly taste to it, people will say, because it's... It's intense. It is. And it's that pre-prohibition, almost like a bonded whiskey, that 100 proof. That was the standard (laughs) before prohibition. I mean, if you want to call yourself an American whiskey, you are at least 100 proof, 50% alcohol. Um, But that that strength and even higher, like Baker's at 107, 53.5%, or even Booker's at 65% alcohol, that becomes a choose-your-own-adventure. What kind of day have you had? Is it two fingers of whiskey? Or as I expand my fingers, is it two fingers of whiskey? Is it a drop of water or is it a bucket of water? So you get to decide. So experience. Just like we're seeing with Canadian whiskey where there's all kinds of um, small batch and variants and trying out different things, the same thing's happening with bourbon. And right next to your Knob Creek, Kentucky straight bourbon, you've got a Knob Creek rye whiskey. Americans are getting into rye whiskey, but it's you can't call it a rye like what we would expect in a rye and coke. This is true, but I'm uh, just going to take it back a little bit further. American straight rye was the first commodity for trading in America long before the gold standard. It predates bourbon, and it predates our Canadian whiskey tradition as an industry by about 75 to 80 years. So American rye was a big deal before uh, Prohibition. Um, during Prohibition, those 14 long years where our American friends got a thirst for our delicious and lighter style of Canadian whiskey because they could no longer get their domestically produced whiskey legally. Legally. <laughs> and that quality. So the tradition kind of fell off the radar outside of America, but we've always made uh, fantastic rye in the States. We're now getting more of a demand in Canada for it on the heels of the cocktail renaissance over the last uh, 20 years. So many cocktails from before Prohibition, they called for an American straight rye as their base. The first time the old-fashioned appeared in print, as the whiskey cocktail in 1862. The first time the Manhattan appeared in print in 1884, it was with an American straight rye. So these whiskeys were there um, before Prohibition. So that tradition is coming back. The, the Knob Creek, or sorry, I should say the demand. The tradition's always been there. The demand is changing with our Knob Creek rye, our premium 100-proof small batch. And we also have our Jim Beam rye, the first time that's been launched in Canada. And it's actually marketed as a pre-Prohibition style because it mixes so well in these uh, wonderful classic cocktails. I've never had that. I'm going to have to fix that. I've never had that one. Tell me, you are a mixologist, aren't you? It's only thirty thing that makes it. (laughs) So let's actually address the uh, the price there. For premium, that's good. Yep, absolutely. And bourbon, uh, on average, and most American whiskeys are a quarter the cost of a of a single malt. A lot to do with the fact that it takes us. uh, We produce it four times faster. One year in Kentucky is equal to four in Scotland. And if you do the math or send the barrels back and forth like we've done, um, you can see that uh, a malt whiskey in Kentucky, you got to pull that out of the warehouse within a year. It's so aggressively aging, it changes the flavor profile so much. Because of the heat because compared of the heat to Scotland? Yep, 
and the humidity. Uh, we get extreme fluctuations in temperature in Kentucky. It's very humid in the summertime. You do get freezing temperatures in the wintertime where Scotland is low and slow, right? You're not going to have a lot of extreme fluctuations in temperature. So a beach day at Scotland is 23 degrees. Trust exactly. me. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to worry about bundling up or dressing down too much. It's always pretty constant. So for that reason, it uh, bourbon comes to market faster, but it's also a more intense product for that reason. On top of the fact we don't have to ship it across an ocean <laughs> to get it. So uh, there's your quarter of the cost savings. So looking at a, a Basil Hayden for uh, 53.95 as it is right now, uh, compared to a single malt, for me, around the same uh, um, uh, quality and sipping experience at the $100 range for a, uh, a single malt. When you're looking at uh, Knob Creek, at uh, we're looking at or on LTO right now, so forty-one ninety-five is an amazing price for Knob Creek, and compare that to something that's closer to a cast strength single malt that you're paying, you know, one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty dollars for. And yeah, I'm not paying. Right, exactly. So that's why I'm drinking bourbon? <laughs> bourbon is nothing wrong with uh, calling it more of your everyday sipping whiskey uh, because of that approachability. But we do have a lot of super premiums and ultra premiums like our Booker's, which, as I point to the shelf, is bare because uh, Booker's is so hard to get right now, especially in Canada. It only comes through rolling allocations. We might have one more ship in the LCBO for the year, and it sells out like that. But that is about an $85 whiskey. And that's about the, the top tier that you're going to pay for that sort of premium. Then you get to the overage stuff, as we like to call it, anything over 12, 15 years. There's very few bourbons I like over 12, even fewer over 15, because you'd have a balance between grain and wood. But they're heavily marketed with age statements, and we're trained to go with age, and older is better. You know, that's why I put all the gray stuff in my beard this morning, right? <laughs> the truth is, uh, barrels mature at different rates so if we tie ourselves to an age statement we're always going to miss out on some delicious whiskey but the other side of the coin is uh, in the bourbon industry the sweet spot is six to eight years I mean, again, there's very few I like over 12 years. So you get into these heavily marketed higher age bourbons, and it's more about the status and the rarity than it is the flavor profile. Yeah, which I, I, I'm all about the flavor. Yeah. You know, I might like trying these other things now and again, but to me it's about the flavor, how good it tastes in your glass once it comes out of the bottle. Let's talk about mixing in the glass. So if if I'm, I'm not a mixologist, I've got a few standard... Uh, whiskey cocktails that I go to, like um, uh, a carte blanche, a boulevardier, things like that. Um, like the the old man fashioned uh, now and again. Yeah. 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 Yep. What, what would I be looking for? I mean, you can give me a specific one or a style that is better for mixing in a cocktail because Knob Creek's going to be really harsh in a cocktail. What, what would you recommend? Well, it's all about balance. I mean, Knob Creek by itself is, is, is a very balanced whiskey, but if you're not expecting it, that 50% can take over. If you're mixing into a cocktail, the same thing can happen. You're absolutely right. But let's start down over our, our, our um, first tier here with our Jim Beam White Label. That's definitely one that you want to keep for the mixing. If you're going to mix with sodas, if you're going to mix with my personal favorite, ginger beer and bourbon, or like our American friends like to mix a lot with cola, or whatever you'd like to mix it with, that's a great everyday mixing whiskey, great price point. I mean, a 750 Jim Beam right now is on for 27.95. Then we move up to our Jim Beam Black Label, which is actually the highest rated bourbon of 2016. We got a little accolade on the bottle now to call out that it's actually the foremost uh, spirits competition in the world. And we were the top trophy winner of 2016. Um, and that bottle is thirty one ninety five. So I like to introduce folks to more spirit forward cocktails like Old Fashions and Manhattans with that black label. And then we move up to Knob Creek. And now we're getting more into the connoisseur side of uh, sipping whiskey and mixing whiskey. So a more premium whiskey is always going to make a more premium cocktail. Not to say I don't make an Old Fashioned with Jim Beam. But if I want to get a little bit more out of it, I'm going to go a little bit But do you adjust how you make it if you're using 
uh, one that's a bit more full in the flavor. It's all about that balance. So water is an essential ingredient, usually added to a cocktail in the form of ice. So you got to stir to get that balance. Your other modifiers being uh, uh, sweeteners, juices, sugar. You have to get that balance of the whiskey and then accent the flavors in the whiskey with bitters, with citrus oils. So there is a formula, definitely, but I encourage people to experiment because every whiskey is different. I wouldn't actually make the same old-fashioned the same way with every whiskey on the shelf here. I would taste them first. I would maybe select different sweeteners, maybe a raw sugar syrup or a demerara sugar for one, maybe a maple for another, uh, even an agave nectar. Then we've got our flavors over here, like the Jim Beam apple. Let's just get this out of the way. That is not a whiskey. <laughs> that is a liqueur. It's a flavored uh, whiskey, 35% alcohol, but amazing in a cocktail. If you take that and balance it with, uh, uh, say, some fresh lemon juice or cider and cinnamon for the season, I mean, apple cider, you're going to have... Uh, a Pumpkin delicious. spice Jim Beam. Absolutely. Well, we haven't got there yet, but we do have a vanilla gym beam on the way uh, for Canada. We've got the honey, the apple, and the black cherry. Um, but in the U.S., we've got about, I don't know, 25, 29 different flavors. <laughs> and I could stand and talk to you about them all day, Matt. Thanks so much for the time. Ah, you're very welcome, Brian. Cheers. All right. Hope you learned something from that. I, I know I did. Maybe you wet your whistle a bit. Maybe you're thinking, hmm, now I need one of those cocktails. Uh, the Whiskey Ottawa Festival, it's on tomorrow at the... Um, uh, the Canadian War Museum. You can still buy tickets online. The website's pretty easy. It's whiskeyottawa.ca.